0: Welcome to Practice Freedom. What if you could hang out with owners and founders from all sorts of healthcare private practices, having rich conversations about their successes and their failures, and then take an insight or two to inspire your own growth? Each week on Practice Freedom, we take an in depth look at how to get the most out of both the clinical side and the business side of the practice, get the most out of your people, and most of all, how to live the healthy life that you deserve. I'm Mark Henderson Leon. I'm a business coach and an entrepreneurial operating system implementer. I have a passion that everyone should feel in control of their life, and so what I do is I help you get control of your business. Part of how I do that is by letting you listen in on these conversations in order to make the biggest impact in your practice and ultimately live your best life. Let's get started. Welcome back to Practice Freedom. It's me, Mark Henderson Leary, and love to talk to you about the subject everybody wants to talk about these days, and that is toxic leadership. Oh, that's just me. Toxic leadership. Let's talk about the forces that affect that. But before we do, a reminder, please, if you're stuck, if you don't know what the first step is, you're envisioning a healthy, vibrant practice or business that's exciting to come to that makes a huge impact and everybody likes to be a part of it and everybody sees their role in it and you're living your best life, leading this organization to make a big difference, but you don't know where to start. Please don't stay stuck. The first step of that process and the practice freedom process is to implement a business operating system. In particular, my recommendation and the system I teach is the Entrepreneurial Operating System or EOS. And if you are curious about what it would look like to create a clear vision for this organization create that traction and accountability and have a healthy team, please let's find out. Take a few minutes, reach out to practicefreedom.com/slash schedule, and we'll take some time to decide what the first step, if there is a first step at all. So back to the subject at hand, the forces involved in creating toxic leadership. What do I mean by toxic leadership? Well, I guess the first thing to define is leadership. And so I've encountered this Thinking this model in working with my healthcare clients, but I've seen it all throughout all of my other clients. And the reason for that is that the conditions for it are so common and so exaggerated and predictable in the healthcare space. And I've struggled with the, the, the title, the, the sort of heading, "toxic leadership," and I just haven't found a better way to describe it because I think it's truly what it is. The toxic part isn't all that hard to define. You probably know it and feel it. And the toxicity in any organization, if you've experienced it, you probably just recognize that. Now, the leadership part of that, that's simply recognizing that a leader is somebody who has followers, somebody who is noticeable and makes an impact in the organization. So I would challenge you that there's anyone in the organization who is noticed for their toxicity or their healthy behaviors they're a leader in some capacity, and you should honor that. And you should make it clear that, well, to yourself, first of all, that if it's noticeable to you, it's probably much more noticeable to other people. And that leadership needs to be stewarded, governed, moderated, curated by you. So do not take it lightly. And part of that message is letting people who are doing that understand how important they are. So what are the four forces of toxic leadership? There are two conditions that create the opportunity for toxic leadership, at least in this model. And the first is a unique or, and scarce skill or need. That is to say, the knowledge, capacity, training, ability to do something that not very many people can do. That scarcity, uniqueness creates a value, right? So, surgeons... Cancer treatment, neurology, network specialists with very specific routing capacities, highly technical things, right? Anybody with some training, a lot of training that, that's unique, hard for anybody to do, condition one. Condition two, the stakes must be high. Someone could lose their life, the network could, could go to, go down and stay down, there could be millions or billions of dollars at risk, Different than the first condition. So imagining that if it's a unique skill set, I'm the only one that knows how to thread this particular needle that so sew, that sews this particular type of needle point. I need a specialist that can do that. Mm, you know, the urgency around that is low, potentially. The value is certain types of basket weaving skills and that kind of thing. Flip that around. This place is going to burn down if someone doesn't put the fire out. Well, anybody can pull the pin on the fire extinguisher and boom, we're good to go. However, if someone is going to lose their life and the particular skill required to do it is very rare and you happen to have somebody who's available and this person rushes in to save the day and they happen to break a few eggs on the way to it, we tend to ignore that collateral damage, right? And so in urgency situations, we've seen this in the military examples, you know, thinking about it, hopefully your mind is exploding right? You're thinking about... Military loss of life the toughness that goes with that you don't you know, no one is concerned about the niceness and gentle nature of uh, you know elite forces soldiers that they have a job to do and we just kind of Change the standard of excellence right there, there is a specific job to be done and we understand that We've seen all kinds of toxic leaders, you know Steve jobs none no different certainly known for firing people, for talking to him in the elevator, known for denying the existence of his own child. Very strange things that would not be passable if the stakes were not super high, at least to the people involved in the system, right? So if you didn't work at Apple and this guy was a jerk to you, you probably would, and you didn't know who he was, you probably would punch him if he talked to you that way. But if you work for Apple and you know what's at stake and you know what he does, you let him get away with it. So... This happens with how, so thinking about it from um, what I've known for a lot longer, we put up with non-social graces and very, very technical people. Well, you know, he's not very good with people, but he's very good with computers. And so we know what the importance is. And so we put up with that. Usually a little less toxic in those situations. We just put those people in a dark room with coffee, Mountain Dew, and uh, stickers bars, and they're fine. They're safe. Keep them near the computers away from the people. So they're not really leading in that capacity, at least not in the same way. However, if we have the most well-known surgeon for a particular, uh, I don't know, a neurological disorder that they're able to do very, I'm thinking of some specific things and mixing the <laughs> metaphors very badly, but you know, a, a particular way of doing a, a procedure that's exceedingly rare and very high stakes. What does this start to do? To the tolerance of the group for the collateral behaviors, because we start to lose clarity of where the boundary is. I mean, I think in war and in military, there's something about the boundaries. In the order that makes sense, and we start to kind of redraw the lines about you know what's what's needed and what's not, and I think you end up with a pretty predictable order of what military is. You go back to the old school chef days, you know that toxic leadership. Maybe not a great example. I think it's just a, that's just bad behavior, but I think we've kind of worked that out in a different way. But thinking about a physician who is the best in the world of the research and absolutely dresses down their. Their medical assistants or the nurses or any kind of the staff. And we have this sort of mixed reaction of what we're doing. So what are the opposing forces? The reason, what am I telling you? This is, these are the, those are the conditions. That's what makes it possible for us as the community. Because that's what we're creating. it. The community and the leadership has enabled this. I think that's the most important part to take away from this. We've got toxic leadership. How did we trick ourselves to thinking it was okay? And whoever that we is, if it's you or the community or the people before you, This is why we accept the bad behavior on several different levels when the scarcity and uniqueness goes up and when the stakes go up, stakes go higher and higher, the urgency, stakes or hurt, and like the consequences are higher, the the speed we need to respond goes up. We just sort of take whatever because we've got objectives in our mind that drive that. How do we counteract that? Or, or, Or what is it that we're doing? In fact, this is the other way to think of it. I can tell you how to counteract it, but what'll likely come to mind is you start to see where we went wrong. This is in two levels. One is feedback, the other is consequences. They are different. How does feedback make this, make a, how is it a factor? It is inconsistent or absent feedback that creates the toxic leadership, and that is saying, great job saving that person's vision. I'm not going to say anything about what you said to me or to the nurse in in the room. I'm not going to say anything. So that's just inconsistent feedback or no feedback or we just sort to of pull away. Well, this is important because we need to. What we're doing by the, by withholding or modifying or contaminating the feedback, we are changing the definition of truth. We're withholding truth. We are not giving someone who is very valuable in our ecosystem the gift of the truth of what worked and what didn't. And I understand that in urgent situations, we do move the needle. But what happens is we don't see the long-term consequences of this and the repetitive nature of allowing this. And so we have to learn to tell the truth. Now, that's only part of the equation. The, the, the second opposing force the second condition of well, the opposing force to combat toxic leadership is that has consequences. When we just walk away, when we pay those surgeons the same or more, when we give more to the highly technical, competent people, and continue to put up with their bad behavior, or we see this all the time: somebody's not a good fit in the organization for whatever reason, or they're creating lots of problems, but they are not being they've not been given clear feedback to, or or consequences. They come and they say, you know what? I know things are not going well for the organization, but I've been here a long time and I'm very valuable and I could go somewhere else. And it's time that you give me a raise and pay me more money. And oftentimes we do, we actually respond to that because we don't want that problem and we make them go away with that. And so the consequences are inconsistent and backwards and disincenting. And so I want you to start thinking about what happens when somebody behaves out of line. Now, what's the definition of behaving out of line? Several things. First of all, well, I mean, second of all, work back to first of all. Second of all, we want to honor our core values, our our values, our culture of choice. We have decided what this culture needs to be. Here are the three core values. We treat people with respect. We heal people who can't heal themselves. We, you know, we pay attention to details. We honor any number of things that are really important in this culture that drive the vision and the mission. Those are the second things. But actually, a lot of times we're missing what I call, if you know, we're missing the first step, which is not what I call, but what many call, Permission to play values. We, we sort of step over, hey, by the way, you're not supposed to be an asshole. That's, that was not acceptable. And just because I said we value the patient doesn't mean that we don't value our employees or, or vice versa. And so understanding that sometimes in those high-stakes situations, we disengage from basic sense of basic, basic behavior. And as leaders, as the leaders of the organization, we need to go back and say, hey, you know what? I've let the line move and I've stepped away from giving feedback because, you know, case in point, in any kind of situation where there's somebody we know, I see this a lot in sales organizations. Well, we don't like Sally. She's a terrible, toxic culture fit in our organization, but she... Handles three million in, in accounts, and I can't risk, you know, she's got tight relationship with them, and we we couldn't fire her without risking three million million dollars worth of business. We cannot cannot fire her. And so what we do is stop talking to her. Not just don't fire her, we don't give her any feedback. We don't tell her that attitude was bad. We don't tell her that being late's not good. We don't tell her that getting selling her the products we can't sell are not good. And so we essentially start rewarding. And encourage rewarding is actually more consequences. We actually start encouraging through telling the wrong story that uh, what, we're, what this person is doing is good when it's not good at all. It's bad, and so we have to start under, uh, start getting clear on our language and going back to what's acceptable, what does the job entail. So this can be core values. This can be permission to play values in terms of basic human decency. This can be job requirements in terms of performance this could be what your job is expected to do are you a manager are you a researcher are you a diagnostician are you a specialty surgeon are you are you incented around your productivity are you incented around your patient experience what is it and getting back to just honestly telling the truth to people consistently across the entire spectrum of the expectations and not picking and choosing which ones seem convenient We have to get back to the the belief that everybody in the organization has to honor the same set of standards. And now if we find that troublesome and difficult, then maybe we haven't done the work to set that standard. But that is ultimately where we need to be, even if it uh, is difficult at first because we've been so bad at it for so long. Now, this portion of this is still just telling the truth. And so just to kind of recap, because I know this is probably hard to visualize, we're talking about four four forces. The first force is the uniqueness of the skill, the hard, the difficulty to find, might be someone the only one in the country that can do this stuff. And then the second condition is how urgent is solving it or how high are the stakes? Are we saving lives? Is there in, in a, this next moment, I need somebody to do something that prevents the loss of the business or the life or whatever. Those are the sort of initial forces, the conditions that create it. And then w- Where we've been bad is we're not telling the truth to these folks. We need to get better at telling the truth about what's acceptable and what's not. And the last piece of the puzzle is the consequences. What do I mean by consequences and how is it different than the, the feedback? Consequences are things that happen. And there's a really important distinction about how the brain understands each of these. Consequences. Once we've informed somebody, hopefully that's enough. But if it's not, we do have to move to the consequences and we have to be consistent. So typically the fourth missing piece or the second missing piece of the four conditions is the lack of or inconsistency of consequences. We reward and pay people more money when their attitude gets worse and worse. We include people on committees. We pay them more. We offer them partnership in the business, (laughs) and we don't fire them. And so, or worse, or not worse, but in, in a bigger sense, we allow people who are flagrantly violating the rules of the organization to maintain employment visibly in front of others, sending the message that this is okay. So to get these under control we have to learn to start telling the truth and we have to start learning to change the consequences now, this can be hard for a lot of reasons why is this important though and i want in this i want to tell you this piece to sort of frame how to think about this the truth behind this what i learned from mark gulston A psychiatrist, I guess, psychiatrist, scholar, somebody, a psych guy, brain guy, really talks a lot about all kinds of very difficult personalities. But one thing that just stuck with me from what he said is that, I'm maybe paraphrasing a tiny bit healthy and mature minds, healthy and mature people respond to information. Don't go in that door, it's dangerous. Oh, perfectly makes sense. I'm not doing that, we're good to go. You know, don't eat so much junk food. You'll be able oh, you're you're right. I feel better. We're good to go. That's that's a healthy, mature mindset, one or one or the other. And so oftentimes just telling people what they need to do better and giving them access to the truth is enough. And if we can do that, which is very hard some days, especially when we've been saying the opposite for a decade, but you, you might be surprised, or maybe not. Full grown adults, not mature, and and this is the least surprising part, not healthy. Oftentimes, because of that withholding of the truth, withholding of the feedback, we have to resort to consequences because an unhealthy or an immature mind or person only responds to consequences. Now, what is a consequence? It doesn't have to be fired. Might need to be fired. Might need to be people visibly fired. But working your way up, just understand, please do not pay people more for performing the wrong things in the organization and if you're doing that right now you're not alone It, it does happen very easily but we have to unwind that make sure that we understand the consequences are feeding the right stuff you know withholding responsibility taking people out of meetings suspending people not including people in high prestige things there must be consequences so a consequence is simply just something that happens as a result and so sometimes it doesn't have to be a punishment, but it can be a withholding of a positive consequence. And this is 100% applicable all the way from the most junior level people in your organization to the most senior. Have to really understand this because what you what you start to see here is, of course, that toxic leader mindset. As As you start to see larger organizations with more and more money, You've, you may or may not have worked with them, but I can tell you that I have, that as the organizations, the stakes get higher and I hope this model is resonating with you because it really is exactly this. As the stakes get higher and as the skill set and the capacity goes up in any capacity, oh, this board member is the only one who has the ear of the right people. This person has access to this particular science and this thinking and this data science or this this intellectual property and this patent or this drug or whatever it is, scarce that it. we just lose our commitment to telling the truth and we lose our conviction to just saying what's on our mind. And we we sidestep the hard questions and hard issues. And as a result, I've seen it so many times that those people just get let off the leash and their toxicity reigns and the organization gets more and more difficult to run. And the people on those leadership teams are having a harder and harder time being open and honest and making good decisions and being honest. And so it's just a spiral of the positive feedback loop in the wrong direction that things get worse and worse as the stakes get higher. So we have to keep the discipline of telling the truth And when the behavior is not addressed, we have to move into those consequences and create integrity of consequences. That's probably a great way to to think of it learning what our standards are and making sure our words are in integrity with what our values are, what the mission is, what our expectations are. And then understanding that those people who respond to those should be rewarded. And those are positive consequences to send the message. Thank you for being such a team player. We want everybody to see that you're included in our leadership activities and you're in front of our team and in front of the company and giving the messages and leading the organization in a positive way. And we want to invite more and more of that holistically in terms of what our organization values not perfectly as all is like some sort of perfect human being that's why we have to do such good work about our culture core value and mission but when we only want to have people who embody that purpose that mission in front of everybody and not enable those opposite opposing toxic behaviors on any level because half the time or more than half the time people are looking for guidance to be their best self anyway and giving them that feedback gives them the opportunity to do that but then in those consequences hopefully lots of positive reinforcement by letting people see and be seen and be appreciated and, and be included and making more money and all, of, and all the things that go with that, the promotions, but certainly no, no consequences that incent the wrong thing, taking away the money, taking away the time, taking away the prestige, and ultimately learning to how to take people out of the organization who are toxic to do so, which is oftentimes a very difficult task. Anyway, I went longer on that than I thought I would, which is not the first time you've probably heard me say that. I hope that helps. I want that model to sort of percolate and, and, and sort of permeate your thinking. Anytime we've got scarce, unique, high-value resources, which in healthcare is common, anybody who's licensed, anybody who seems hard to get is going to put us in that state, which is going to take away... Our our tendency to be honest and truthful and clear and takes away the ability of even a mature and healthy person to really know what the right direction is. And then we got to build the discipline and then the behaviors, even in small ways, to move those consequences to make sure the consequences are aligned and in integrity with an in integrity with our values. And so ultimately, we've got that health a healthy organization at all levels, and that applies to everyone, including you. Hope that's helpful. If you're stuck, please reach out. In the meantime, listen to the other episodes. Give us some feedback. Tell you what, you, tell us what you like and what you don't like. The SpeakPipe link is in the show notes. Give us some feedback and I can respond to you directly. Like I said, if you ever need help, please reach out. Practicefreedom.com schedule. Happy to take a few minutes and help you decide what the first step is for you. We'll see you next time on Practice Freedom with me, Mark Henderson Leary.